Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Colossians 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. I'm reading the NIV version. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Just as it has been going among you since the day you had it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray, guys. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today. Thank you for a powerful time in your presence as we worshipped you. Our desire, Jehovah, is that you dwell amongst us here today. Do not leave us, nor forsake us. That is a promise you gave us, and so we ask of it in confidence. May our hearts be ready and prepared for the word that is your word. May our minds not come forth by the very power of the word that you give us. We ask that our hearts be prepared, may it be good ground, Jehovah, that it bring forth fruit, fruit that lasts in every area of our lives. We ask all this humbly before you, Jehovah. In Jesus' name we all pray and shout, Amen. Mm. One of the things I love about the story of Jesus, because that's where we are going. Christmas. How many don't like Christmas? What a tukuone. I love the Christmas season, man. Apart from gaining weight, which is standard, um, I love the story of Christ and how um, we remember it. If you look at the channels on TV, the, 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 there always is a story of Christ somewhere. KBC, Taleta, maybe somebody else would bring it. But then what I love about the story of Jesus Believe it or not, are these guys called the Pharisees? Those guys, I love them because my son has questions. For those of you who have not seen my son for a while because of COVID, don't worry. If you experience him, ask the worship uh, pastor. The worship pastor So one day he met him after a while, na he just went on her. Na kaanza. What's your name? Why are you in this car? That's my son. Those were the Pharisees. They questioned Jesus every turn of the way. 
they did not like him. They didn't like the fact that he was doing miracles, performing miracles. They didn't like the fact that he was saying he was God. They didn't like anything about him. And especially because now their attention was turning from the temple to this man who was calling himself the son of God. In this group was a mwanaume called Saul. Saul, if you read the scriptures, later turned his name to Paul. Apo Mahali acts before it ends. His name is Tan. We don't know how the circumstance was, but it was turned. This man was a Jew. He was an Israelite, but who was so gifted in knowledge of the word of God to the point he went and studied in the um, rabbi school back then. Alienda Kasoma, he was so learned, knew not only Hebrew, but alikona jua Greek as well. It was not easy for those times for the guy, somebody to know both because the, the local language was Hebrew. Now the foreign one was Greek and this guy knew it. He was so good in what he did to the point when Stephen was dying, if you remember Stephen, the martyr in the Bible, he was actually there to approve it. Alika kasema, ah, mwanaume ya dying. And immediately after that, goes to the temple after he tells the priests, guys, imagine, we need to get rid of this movement, these new guys. These guys who are calling themselves that uh, they are of the, the Lord. They, they are believers. They belong to the kingdom. We need to get rid of them. Why? They are messing up the temple and the goings of it. So he goes, and you know the story. Upon Damascus, he meets with the leader of the movement. Akamambia boss, boss, come on now, come on. What are you doing? Why are you destroying my people? Why do you want to kill my people? What's the problem? And we know that his ministry journey begins. I love this man's story because his salvation walk was tough. How many, if you can be kind enough to tell us, has had a very difficult time in salvation? Wale, wale bold enough. Exactly. When this guy saw Jesus on the way to Damascus, he was going to actually look for these believers to bring them back to Jerusalem to take them to prison, to mess them up. The first thing that happened is he was blind. Blindness hit him for three days. Have you ever, why is it that, I've always wondered, why is it when you decide to do something for the Lord, when you decide to change your life, while they were lose weight in 2020, I'm not asking for your hands. We know ourselves, those who decided to eat well, those who decided you're going to read a hundred books this year. <laughs> Why is it when you make up your mind to do something, there's always resistance? Always. I've never understood that. Remember the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. When Moses is sent to Pharaoh, and I gave it to Pharaoh, tells him, boss, Lord has sent me, you need to let his people go. Pharaoh is like, oh, so there's a God above me. Let me show you. He goes back to the children of Israel and tells them, now the easy way you are making uh, the bricks and, and, and before, bricks before, now I'm going to harden it. I'm going to really mess you guys up. So that this nonsense, you have to go, it happened. It was so difficult, the children of Israel looked at Moses and said, why, why are you making our life difficult? And God encouraged Moses and said, boss, go back, I am with you. 
every time we start to do something that is good, pleasing to the Lord, beneficial to us, there's resistance. Paul, or Saul, as he was known back then, is blind for three days. On top of that, he could not even hang out with the believers after salvation. This guy met with the Lord. He saw him. How many have seen Jesus Christ? How many know the color of his eyes? I always pray sometimes, Jehovah, I come and say, I saw the Lord yesterday. You know how powerful that is? confidence. This guy saw Jesus. But when he went back to the believers to tell them, I've met with this Jesus of yours, they were like, huh, boss, no. No. Where when you're Jews, you are almost taking us to prison. Now you've met the Lord. It is very difficult when we begin to make changes for the Lord. To the point that when now some actually were like, okay, Sawa, eh, we can see you know this Jesus. Let's do ministry together. Kina Mark joined him, Barnabas joined him, but Mark at some point left him. To the point he was so discouraged. This guy knew the Lord, walked with him, but they left him. How is that even possible? It, it was difficult. Do you remember when he was praying about the thorn in his flesh? Three times the Bible says, the book of 2 Corinthians, three times he asked the Lord to remove the thorn. What did God tell him? No. How difficult is your salvation walk? This guy had it tough. Isitoshi, there's a friend of mine who likes saying that. He never got married. Yeah. <laughs> this salvation, <laughs> guys, like I shared with you, I had a very difficult week before we opened. I think God was trying to remind me both. In case you forgot, you know it's been a while, COVID might have dampened your moods kidogo, umekua lazy lazy kidogo. So let me remind you that this church thing is spiritual. So I went through But I had my wife next to me through this. So it was easier. Paul was all alone. I don't see him having a best friend. He just had guys who ministry. He was not married. This guy went through difficulty. There's a portion of scripture I want to read for us, eh? where he describes part or some of the extra things he went through. Let me read for us, a, where is it? A portion of scripture just here. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to read 23 to 27. 2 Corinthians. I have been in prison more frequently. From study, we are actually told that this guy was in prison for a total of almost five years. Five. Five. Wangapi hapa melala jela? Wacha, wacha, usinue, usinue, usinue. He had been flogged more severe, severely. This, this is Paul talking. And been exposed to death again and again. He was left for dead, translation, many times. Verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Translation, he was beaten by, with the Roman cut of nine tails. Five times. Jesus, the savior of the world, was beaten once. Once. 
Paul was beaten five times. If you study what happened, what happened in the time of the Roman Empire, the beatings they gave guys actually killed most of these people. Many actually died during the beating. It was so bad that you know the thing. The thing was uh, it had metal hooks at the end of it. Yokiboko. It came off with both flesh and bone. This guy received this beating five times. This was his walk. Verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rod. So on top of the beatings he went through five times, here are the, the lashes, three times he was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. You know, um, when I used to read guys saying I was beaten up, um, it sounds moving on. But can you imagine you're standing now naona mawe inakuja. Na inakugonga. It's not at inapita. He was beaten up and had the, the grace to come back and tell us but here I am. We've seen it. The thieves that are beaten up in town. Tumeona. Three times I was shipwrecked. At one point, actually, when she prayed, the angel of the Lord actually comes to him, Acts, I believe, 22 or 23, I'm not very sure, and tells him, my brother, you're going to get to Rome. Don't worry. Shipwreck will happen. You're almost going to die, but you're going to get to where God has sent you. Because they are tough. You're going to go through, but you'll be fine. When he was talking to Moses, he told him, Pharaoh's heart will be hard, but eventually he will let the children of but it's not easy. This guy went back and went. He went over and over and over. Anyway, let me continue to read. I spent a night, verse 25, and a day in the open sea. A night and a day. <laughs> verse 26. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, at the sea, in danger from false believers. I have been labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Still born again, still knowing the Lord still having the testimony of I met Jesus. What's your testimony? Testimony yako inakaji. Do you know him? How's your walk with him? Is it any, anything close to this man's testimony? I believe the answer is no. Because if you are seated here to Metulia, we have clothes to wear, we have a place to call a home, whether it's a bed sitter or a mansion, this guy had none of those. And yet, one of the things I love about this man's story, it is him, the Paul, who has written the most on the issue of thanksgiving. It is him. It is him who has taught us the most on thanksgiving. Let me just read a few. There are so many, but let me just read a few. I'll try to do as quickly as I can. God be thanked, Romans 6. I thank God, Romans 7. Thanks be to God, 2 Corinthians. We give thanks to God, Colossians 1. 
Giving thanks to the Father, Colossians 1. We thank God without ceasing. I thank Christ our Lord. I thank God. I thank my God. Philemon, Romans. It goes on. First Thessalonians. We give thanks to God always for you all. We are bound to thank God always, always for you. And to whom I give thanks. He gives thanks over and over and over. For which I give thanks. First Corinthians chapter 10. Which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them. Which, How can a man who had gone through so much... This is what sometimes bothers me because, to be honest, when I go through life, atakamali saloku ingelet. Unakanga na juliza Jehovah. Eh, uko ama ini testingine. Hmm, you guys know what I'm talking about. Ile tu mtoto tu akoto mgonjwa tu kakohozi tu. You're like, uh. like a congregant called me the other day and said, "Hey, Pasi, Sunday." Sioni, uyu usunamuona, hameanza kukohoa. You're like, ah, oh, Jehovah, maze ya hopsi COVID. You know now, anything to, <coughs> ata saini kianza tu kukohoa hapa. <laughs> Tunezaanza tu kujipea shugli. Epa, see, how can this man be so grateful to God despite his life? Despite the difficulty he faced? How is that even possible? How could the people who believe Jesus reject you? The people, kina, kina Peter, Peter, the disciples, they said, ah, Mbaka, the Lord appeared to him in a trance, I believe it's Acts chapter 7, and told him, boss, I did not send you to Jerusalem. You need to go outside of the city of Jerusalem. That's where the ministry I'm calling you to. Kina Peter were called to the Sheep and the lamb. Remember when Jesus came back in John 21? Then he tells Peter, Peter, do you love me? Go feed my sheep. Go feed, go feed my lambs. These were the children of Israel. Guys who knew the Lord very close to him. Paul's ministry was not to the sheep and the lamb. It was to the outside. Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. So he was trying to look at the sheep and the lamb. Get out of Jerusalem. How can this guy, with all that, still be grateful? Still be a man who knew how to talk about gratitude? To mem quote, yani we've quoted this guy. I don't, be, I don't believe there's any preacher who has not quoted Paul. He's the most quoted man of the scriptures. And in pulpits, I kid you not, today, there's somebody preaching about Paul's book somewhere. There is somebody. Ile amshu wata tukienda heaven atatuangalia tuambie. Eh? Niliwa jenga. That is Paul, man. I believe this is why he's called the great apostle of thanksgiving. He has the most books in the New Testament. Hata si Yesu. Jesus only has four. Paul has 13. I me, me I say 14. The book of Hebrews, eh. Ukisoma, it has nuances of Paul. We quote him every Sunday. Do you know the greatest benediction in the world? The greatest. Used in every church, everywhere. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Where do you think that is? Bible study time. You may notice, you need to do Bible study. 
hiyo line where is it from watungaji wano eh reverend amesema one of paul's books second corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 the first time i read that i've been reading the bible for a very long time ah nilikadi kasema they perish because of lack of knowledge i didn't know but even with all that we've seen about this guy he's still the number one guy in scripture that tells us about gratitude what's your story what's your reason not to give god thank you do you have a reason is it genuine mean mekona some genuine ones nenda hospitali like i said the other day tumbo ni mbaya i have a fever daktari ati hii ni covid go get tested like boss boss tumbo inaniuma bana nahara ati yani i remember that day i really hated that guy nikasemaki wewe if i if i had the power what is your reason of not giving thanks to god what is it what is it paul went through everything you can imagine do you know how paul died you've seen it in movies his head was chopped off as he said second as he quoted second timothy i have kept the faith alambia timothy timothy my time dio naona they may chop it maybe tuesday or wednesday siko sure but he said i have kept the faith i have finished my race what is your reason one of the things i'm hoping in this season even on this last day of our season of gratitude is that we become grateful to god despite what we face despite the issues despite the discouragements we must thank god Paul had every reason to say ah boss i know you've called me but these disciples of yours ah so i don't think i can do this thing that you're calling me to do i don't think he even knew in the beginning when god called him why he was being called most of us don't we find it along the way what is your reason for not giving thanks to god what's your excuse Do you have an excuse really before the Lord? When you look through the life of Paul, he didn't have much to thank God for. He didn't. He had every reason not to. But I actually believe that his number one reason for giving thanks to God is because he knew Jesus. That encounter with the Lord, his understanding of Jehovah was his number one reason. No wonder he kept on. In every of his book, he always believed by thanking God the Father, the Son Jesus Christ, and then continued. He understood who God was. What God had done, John 3:16. The love he has for us, John said that because of the love he gave us his son, he knew that was a privilege. He saw the mercy of God straight alijua the verse we've just read in, in in colossians explains to the colossians 
why Paul is happy with them. If you read it very well, he talks about the knowledge of the triune Father, the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then the faith of God. And then the workings of God. Paul understood this very well. He knew God. Do you know Jehovah? This is God. What did he do? Paul understood this God and his love for us. He knew Jesus. He met him. Job said, I have heard of the Lord, read of him, Nimeskia even in church, but now I see him. After all he went through. Job and Asema, now I can see this Jehovah. Can you see him in your life? Do you understand what Jesus did on the cross? The reason we have a holy communion, just had one the other day, is because we must constantly remember what Jesus did on the cross. That is such a powerful thing. None of us can die for the other. At Niache, Christmas Day, at Nikufie, ah, boss, Christ died for us, guys, before you were even conceived. Paul understood what that meant. He was so learned in the scriptures, which is something we encourage in the house of God. So learned in the scriptures that he knew the love of God and how Christ died for us. When we understand how Christ, how Christ died, why he died, why he did what he did, ah, guys will go through anything. Ask a parent here if they can't do anything for their kids. Atunona danger in a car, you're like, ah, ah, boss. My, my kids are, these are my people. Paul understood how God saw us that way. He got that understanding. We need to get there. Any understanding what Christ did is so important for us because if we don't, then maybe our gratitude will suffer. Because when we go through what we go through, but this is life. Moving on. Why should I give thanks to God? But whatever it is that comes our way with the knowledge of God helps us to know. Imagine, it is okay. These are things that will come and pass. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Who can I be afraid of? Paul understood the working of the Spirit of God. He knew that because now Christ died, the Spirit of God dwells in us. That is an understanding that comes from Jehovah. Do you understand that you have power? Power from Jehovah. Okay, there are friends, Kunale friends, who have pushed that to the limit. 310 up on a pale, you know. But we really have the power of God living inside of us. Let me give you an example. One of the things that you know about the nation of Israel is that most of them are very successful. One of the things they do, a very small thing they do, is fathers lay their hands on their kids' heads and bless them constantly. Constantly. That is a godly thing. They understand that the God of heaven lives inside of them. 
and he hears them. And whatever declarations they make, happen. It is also the reason that our tongues have power. Because we say things we believe. Ukisema umbuwa hii, you believe umse ni umbuwa. No wonder God is like, hey boss, if you say, my son, God will bless you. He will cover you. Believe that with all of your heart. If they take it, that is what will happen to them. Do you believe or know the power of God that lives inside of you? The Bible teaches us that it is the same power that created the universe. No wonder you're so creative. Some of us assume that the creativity I have lives in my family. This is my, my dad was like this, my mom was like this, our, our home, we are blessed. Hey boss, that is the Lord. Creativity is from Jehovah. Do we know that? Whatever gift we have, the spirit of the living God enables us to work out those things. Do we understand that? Paul understood it. Do you remember when he was preaching? We're almost done. Remember when he was preaching? I love you know he was a boring preacher. Jamaa alikuwa this second floor, third floor. Slept and fell and died. <laughs> you know, when somebody dies from your preaching, <laughs> what did Paul go and do? He stopped the sermon, went downstairs, revived the man, and preach. The beauty of that story is this guy understood the power of God that lived inside of him. He knew it. Do you know that you are the child of God? Do you know that God sees you greater than the angels? That's what he told us in his word. Angel, the angel of God. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah, yeah. The Bible actually tells us we will judge the angels. If you think I'm lying, end up in the scripture. Do you know the power of God that lives inside of you? Do you know it? Paul knew it. No wonder whatever he went through, he was like, ah, this is temporary. He even wrote it. Everything we experience in this world, however difficult, is temporary. Why? Because he understood, because of what God did, his love, the son dying, the Holy Spirit, the power, there is a hope we now have in heaven. Do you know the hope that you have in God? The hope of a different, eternal place after this. Do you believe it? I'm a bad Story of heaven, man. I beg you by the masses of God. If there's a resolution that you need to make, and I need to make in this year, is to know him. Paul and Lisema, that I may know him in his suffering and in his power. Know that the Lord suffered so that you may get power. Power, hope, heaven, future, all of that. Do you know there's a, new, there's a newness after all this is finished? That COVID has got nothing on you. Whatever it did to you. We were taught, we are taught in the Bible that we should not even be afraid of the people who can only kill the flesh. Whom we need to be afraid of is Jehovah who can destroy the soul. 
Do you understand the hope of heaven? I believe Paul understood. And is why he was so grateful. There's a story I want us to close on. Eh? In Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus is at the Pharisee's house. Pharisee again. I think it's Simon. Yeah? Simon the Pharisee. The lady with the alabaster box. You know the story? Alabaster box. She was a prostitute. She comes in straight to Jesus' feet. And then cries. The meeting is going on. So you can imagine the craziness. And then after that, she wipes the feet with her hair. Then applies perfume. Ah, hey, then the guys are like, my goodness. Yes, on a prostitute. You know how difficult that was, that scene. Can you imagine if a prostitute, let's, let's imagine, eh? a prostitute walks in here now, comes straight to me. Niaje pasi. Halafu waishie. Scandal, boss. That's exactly what happened. What did Jesus tell Simon the Pharisee? He told him of a story of a banker who was owed money by two guys. One fifty, another one a hundred. And then Jesus Akasema, the banker forgave the debt. Then he asked the question, who do you think appreciated the forgiveness more? Obviously, the one who owed more. Akawambia, because this lady has been forgiven more, she will love more. I dare say that because we do not know the level of forgiveness God has put on our lives, then we are not giving thanks enough. We are not grateful enough. If you've been forgiven more, my goodness, Danny, how many saw the Julian Kula story on YouTube? where his 100 million debt was cleared. Wewe na deni yako ya 10 shillings, na yake ya 100 million, he understands and will probably be more grateful. What Christ did for us on the cross, all of us, now akuna ati, me I'm special, me I'm going to tell, debt is debt. The debt of sin was destroyed by Christ on the cross. So how dare we not give thanks? That's the question. Despite what we face, how dare we, with all that has been wiped off, not give thanks? My encouragement to us, as we go into Christmas, as we plan for 2021, let's, let's understand the debt Christ paid for us. Take time, even if it's a few hours of a day, in this season, I'm not saying every day, just if you can. And just take time to understand it. Jehovah. What he did. His son. The Holy Spirit. The power that he has. And then let's be grateful. Because if we can look at the life of Paul and see his life and say, hey, okay. Imagine the dead Christ wiped for us. Ile alitoa. Hey, Mazet deserves gratitude.